Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Now, this bonus episode is a conversation with Mirandi Rewa, who featured on our main episode this week. Her latest novel is called Stone Sky Gold Mountain, and I recommend you go and check out uh, both the book and that conversation. But today, I want to take you back to a conversation I had with Mirandi a few years ago about her Victorian-era detective fiction, which she writes under the nom de plume MJ Tia. So today on the show, we are going to be discussing MJ Tia's She Be Damned. Now, my name is Andrew Popel, and every week I share with you a great conversation that is recorded as part of Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. It is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of that land. And we are uh, recording in social isolation at the moment, so please forgive uh, occasionally when the audio fluctuates. I am doing my best. But for for today, a special bonus episode. Join me as we rediscover MJ Tears, She Be Damned. This is Final Draft, and I am Andrew Popel. I have an absolutely fantastic book to bring for you today, She Be Damned by MJ Chia. And She Be Damned opens on Victorian London in its heyday. As the city expands and the population booms, London is a city divided. Society doyens ne- need never bother themselves that women are being brutally killed and mutilated across the river in Waterloo. Eloise Chancy lives with a foot in both worlds. Styling herself a courtesan, she works for her intellectual pleasure as a private detective and is drawn into the gruesome murders when the daughter of a gentleman goes missing. So begins what promises to be a new series exploring the world of Victorian London through the eyes of a fantastic new hero, Eloise Chancy, and I am joined by the author, Mirandi Rewo, on the line from the Sunshine State, which is a far cry from the fog-filled streets of 1860 London. Mirandi, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, Andrew. It is, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I hope you got from that in- introduction that you really immersed me in this world. That's great. I-, I think a lot of people love Victorian London. I mean, it, it never seems to lose its luster, particularly the seedier underbelly and its penchant for crime. Now, these days, we've got enough Sherlock Holmes kicking around in the world that they could form their own Avengers team. What did you want to bring to this era and its crime fiction? I guess for me, I um, wanted to bring um, female protagonists. Of course, there were there were um, female protagonists and female crime writers in the Victorian period um, that have become a bit lost, what with Sherlock Holmes and other um, protagonists like him. Uh, I guess, yeah, so I wanted to bring um, some characters that were female and also of maybe uh, culturally hybridised to the um, period that we don't read about a lot in crime fiction or other fiction. Yeah, absolutely. And so in Eloise Chancy, you, you've got this wonderful addition to the pantheon of fictional detectives. She Be Damned feels like the beginning of something. I can I can well imagine myself reading further Eloise Chancy mysteries. I know from doing my research that that is one of your intentions. We open with Eloise established both as a prominent, if notorious, member of London society, but also established in her work of private detection. Did you want this history that you've we've got in Heloise to figure into your novels? Absolutely. So the idea is um, throughout the series, we will definitely find out more about um, her and how she became a courtesan, um, where she's from, um, her heritage, I guess, and, and we'll also find out more about the Chinese character, Amali Lin, her maid. 
we're going back oh, 150-odd years in She Be Damned. Certainly, roles for women were circumscribed by society, but also by culture. Uh, why, why this particular profession for Eloise? Courtesans um, of the period, usually, you know, when you read about them or, you know, how they are portrayed in plays or movies, they usually die in the end or, um, you know, they're tragedies or they are depicted in romances. Um, if you read about courtesans, um, they achieved a, a, a high level of independence and wealth that other, especially working class women, would never, never dream of achieving. You know, and they had celebrity in the in the period. I guess I wanted to um, portray that their sort of level of independence as an ability to be a, a sleuth, as um, on the side. It plays both for and against Eloise, I found, and it, it's really wonderful the way you craft her character so that when she is confronted, I guess, with what less liberal members of the society would say the negative connotations of her job are, the way she confronts that in what felt almost like a very modern discussion. We read a lot of um, fiction from the time that was written middle class or upper class um, society. But if you read a lot of the working class fiction um, women did um, know about um, sex and sexuality or um, and they they did have social freedoms. Um, you just have to read maybe some um, Gaskell or Wilkie Collins to see some you know working class women uh, moving around in society. I can see that a lot of her reactions might seem prescient, but um, but certainly I've got her, you know, as a character reading Wollstonecraft and she she's certainly very aware of her position in society, whether it's um, looked down upon or as a celebrity. So I've just tried to portray her as a sort of gutsy woman. I've, I've set her, she's um, based on a character called, um, not a character, a courtesan called Catherine Walters, who um, there's still a plaque on her house in Mayfair as the last Victorian courtesan. The crimes in She Be Damned are particularly brutal. Uh, it's probably appropriate actually right now that I, I put a bit of a language warning on our conversation. We might be discussing some graphic content here and sensitive Hi. ears might want to tune out for a few minutes. Eloise is brought in to investigate the disappearance of the daughter of a, of a gentleman. It comes in the context of women being murdered around the Waterloo area, but they're not just being killed, they're, they're targeted and brutalised. It struck me how very much this connects with a lot of contemporary conversations about the way power and sexual violence are used against women as a form of control and subjugation. Did any of that thinking come into your crafting of She Be Damned? Oh, that's definitely that's definitely um, where I was coming from in in that you know violence against women is so prevalent and why you know and continues continues to this day. It was you know then and now, um, but what I was especially trying to show. Um, I guess from a, you know, sort of feminist crime writing was um, as opposed to the clinical detective just looking at these um, bodies or, you know, dead women um, or brutalised women, like you said, um, I wanted to see it also from maybe the victim's point of view, but also through Heloise, a sort of subjective, her subjective reaction to such violence against women. And that's what I've tried to portray in this um, this novel. Also, I have to say, um, I can see that it seems very Jack the Ripperish, but actually, what um, I guess inspired the type of murders was that um, I was reading about 
that there was a certain doctor or a certain sort of group of doctors in the Victorian period who um, performed genital mutilations on women to cure their hysteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do touch on that in the book. And I think, you know, going because it's a neo-Victorian crime fiction that's supposed to sort of touch on contemporary concerns as well, of course, at the moment there is sort of anxieties still regarding female genital mutilation. So that's actually why the murders are how they are. Mm, you mentioned Jack the Ripper there, and look, while it had occurred to me, I felt like, if anything, the way that... Um the way that your crimes and the Ripper crimes had any overlap for me was the really wonderful way you throw up villains. Um, I, I felt like in the world that you've created, there was a surplus of potential villains. And in fact, a lot of the men and their attitudes are, are villainous, even if they don't end up being the killer. That's what, right. Yeah. What, what though for you is the key to successful suspense? You had me hanging just on the fact that it could have been any of these I say bastards. I've already put a language warning on it. <laughs> well, I guess I guess for me, um, I always wanted to write crime fiction in that sort of clue puzzle manner like Agatha Christie's. So I guess really at the end of the day, I just wanted a lot of suspects and red herrings because, <laughs> you know, at heart it's a, it's a murder mystery, it's a crime fiction. And the the different, as I said before, the different bastards that you introduce, and yeah. uh, and and the the Ripper, the Ripper was really, you know, it it enthralled people because there were all these sus- suspicions that it could have been a a doctor or a member of the aristocracy. <laughs> is it just that men were villainous back then, or is there something about the attitudes that lent them to the potential for violence? Um, I guess as a writer and reader of crime fiction. You know that sort of um, violence, murders that have that level of violence. Normally, you would think just just for um, purely going by strength, you would think maybe a, a man. And statistically, of course, it is mostly men who do those sort of um, uh, murders. But um, but I do. I think in that novel, I did try to hint it could have been one or two women. Um, for you know, just like I said, I just needed a, a lineup of suspects, mm. of of yeah, the usual suspects. It, it occurs to me too, Mirandi, that um, we're going to be having another conversation in a year or two's time of a future Eloise mystery, and it will finally be uh, a, a female murder. And you're going to like, well, I've been foreshadowing it for such a long time. <laughs> well, I have to say, I have to say, um, because people obviously do ask me a lot about you know the female victims. My next novel, which is out next ju- July. Um, features many dead men. <laughs> if that's, Har- if that's anything. Hooray for that. That's good. No, we, we need a few of them. Shared it around. Now, putting all, putting all this brutality aside, and we shouldn't be chuckling, but we are, um, no. I feel like sometimes we romanticise the past. And, and let's right. say it, because we're discussing um, London, we whitewash it. You've touched on the character of Amar. She's a beguiling figure cast against Eloise's, I'd say, more prominent heroism. You catch her in mystery and it's revealing it through this first-person narrative interludes. And you're also subjected to the most appalling racism at the hands of white Londoners. Why was it important to you to explore this aspect of the Victorian world? Well, I guess, um, you know, I'm 
I'm of Asian heritage myself, so I'm, I'm interested in writing these culturally hybridised characters, um, such as Ama Lee Lean. Uh, I obviously, um, in writing that uh, about characters like that, I would feel that it's, you know, that I should maybe write about racism and, of course, racism um, then that might reflect racism now. I think what, that's what I've tried to do. I've also tried to maybe talk back or write back to the the sinister Oriental or the sinister Asian that features so prominently in um, crime fiction, especially from that period, that sort of Fu Manchu. And, and it continues now, even if you look at um, neo-Victorian TV programs, even Sherlock Holmes, um, they still use that sort of mysterious sinister Asian. So I just wanted to write um, a character who maybe had a more mundane reason for being, you know, and lifestyle in London. If we consider the historical context, this is 150-odd years ago, the world that Eloise and Amar, who's a bit older than her, would have grown up in is very much the world that Australia as a country kind of emerged from. And yeah. the attitudes uh, the attitudes carried over the water as, um, as Australia was, was invaded and colonised. Do you think it's important for us to reconcile ourselves to these negative, these dirty, these, you know, downright racist parts of our history for our current era? Like, can we, can we move on as a country and as a world if we don't acknowledge, hey, we were pretty racist once upon a time? We were very racist. In fact, my next um, historical fiction that's not crime fiction, I've set in the gold rush in northern Queensland. And obviously, um, and it's about a Chinese gold digger, so obviously um, the racism has to has to be touched upon um, and of course to um, indigenous people as well um, I think and I think I would want to touch on it now I, I think it's pertinent and um, valuable because I I personally think that maybe that form of racism is is um, peaking again or, or becoming worse again so I think um, there is a, a space for writing about it mm. and where it might have come from and how it improved for a while and might be getting worse again. Yeah, I think it's it's actually a really awesome thing that you're doing here and, and very much, I think, a part of our, our current illusion that perhaps we are a thoroughly open and welcoming country is that we've convinced ourselves that that's the way it's always been and we ignore this racism. So I really loved that aspect of She Be Damned. Oh, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> there's so much, I guess there's so many other little elements, but the, the key to any mystery is that we, uh, we don't go too much into spoiler territory. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really been wonderful to chat this through, and I guess it's, it's easy to kind of play up the idea of a really powerful, prominent um, female detective and, and play up the feminism side of it and lose sight of the fact that this is just a fun story. Was yeah, well, it, was when it I fun? did write it, I, I did want it to just... I Obviously, I wanted to look at those um, sort of themes to do with sexuality mm. and, and racism, but at the end of the day, I wanted it to be a bit of a romp for the reader. If you are intrigued, the mystery we are discussing is She Be Damned by MJ Chia. MJ Chia is also Mirandi Ruo, and I've been speaking to her. Mirandi, thank you so much for taking us into your Victorian London. 
Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you. And that is it for my special bonus episode of Great Conversations featuring Mirandi Rewo as she was writing under her nom de plume uh, for her Victorian detective fiction, MJ Tears, She Be Damned. Now, Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal Land of the Eora Nation at 2SER's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. Uh, it is also recorded in my house uh, at the moment while I am social isolating. And my name is Andrew Popel. Keep up with us every week. I am at Final Draft 2SER on all the socials, I guess, that are are worth socialising on, and click subscribe. I'm going to be bringing you new episodes every week, and whenever I can, a bonus episode, just to give you a little bit more to listen to. I am Andrew Popel. I will be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. See you later. Until then, happy reading.